Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Michael Laurent. It is Monday, November 28th or 29th, depending on where you live. In this episode, we will preview for all the Americans, and that's all that matters, the massive winner-take-all USA-Iran game and review the halfway point of this World Cup and the following round two fixtures. But first, Mike, in your most ultra-naturalist, nationalist, jingo fever dream that has awoken, how did you participate in the War of 1812 that was England nil, USA nil, how did you feel? I got to uh, witness it at the um, the football bar down here in Orlando and downtown. And I got to tell you, it was uh, primarily English uh, yes, at the bar. That makes sense. Um, as, uh, you know, the American Outlaws, and I have had no problem calling them out on a number of things before. They've had a tough few years. Nobody cared about this team realistically. Uh, the Orlando chapter stinks. There was no organization. And it, they basically had their own bar taken over. But... Some of the old heads were there and some of, you know, laying down the law. So uh, it was so fun rattling England fans because it's so easy. I actually didn't expect that. I should have. Um, but having them sing It's Coming Home uh, and just changing it to You're Going Home. Oh, oh my goodness. They hated that. Um, <laughs> it's all that you have. It's all that you have. This stupid sport. It's all that you have. It so really like sadly is at this point. Yeah, it is. It's the true. only thing this country has. So uh, I got to have some fun. Uh, every time Harry Maguire got the ball, I go, don't fuck it up. So um, he was bad. I I became, I made a, a bunch of red, white, and blue friends and not so many uh, rooting for the Queen's army here. But, uh, King, but yeah. King's army. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it was, it was, a. I thought it was a really, really enjoyable match uh, in the sense that any zero zero could be. Um, listen, there was one chance early where Kane had a shot blocked, I believe by Tyler Adams. Other than that, um, I would Pulisic say the chances the all fell to the Americans. Pulisic crushing the bar. Um, you know, all, I thought all the, the proper chances really fell to the U S um, certainly happy with the draw. The interesting thing was that I woke up, um, you know, taking the Wales Iran match, which was earlier in the day uh, for granted, I thought that. Uh, Wales would uh, win or draw, and they lost in spectacular fashion. Badly. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, but so that kind of took a lot of the sting out of the U.S. England game because, realistically speaking, the U.S. could afford to lose five nothing okay. as long as they beat yeah. Iran tomorrow. Yeah. We'll get into yeah. that game as well. But um, so it was weird. I went from a, a lot of my excitement was anxiety fueled. Uh, and once that went away, I was like, oh, okay, let's just get drunk and talk shit to English people, which I did. I, um, I think the, I think the key pieces are for the U.S. Let's just sort of bring it down U.S. perspective. This is a great result. This is an arrival. This is a, hey, Burholder's not a bum as much as Manny hates him. This is a big result. A draw against England is like we're undefeated in World Cup against England. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it a, it's weird. Like I said, though, it's weird that it's a moral victory now because if if Wales had drawn but or the, won, then that's actually like a, a massive, massive result that they would have been playing for and maybe not even necessarily achieved. I think the fact that they didn't have – like I said, they, they didn't have to – win or lose or draw they they just had they got to play carefree and that showed right, but, and i mean but england the, but the per performance wise this is good it's a good building block for the us like many was talking about in our chat we've sort of had this great chat please let us know we'll put it in the description well i can't 
join the Facebook group and I'll send you the WhatsApp chat. It's a good group of guys. We're talking football. It's a good group. And, you know, between all the guys, there's a constant attack on Burhalter. Does he know does he not know what he's doing? Does he not know what he's doing? At this point, it doesn't matter. That game, England USA against in the World Cup, nil-nil. That's it. He's in. He's he's the coach in 26. He doesn't have to do anything. I don't. If Jesse Marsh is available, you go get Jesse Marsh. I don't think that I don't think that that will. Ha- anyway, that's just my that's my thought. Sure, just sure. hand to heart. Like they played hard. The team fights. They have taken on, and what I think is really interesting, they have taken on the personality of Adams and moved away from kind of the Pulisic led team. Pulisic is an introvert. He's he's fired up, and to get to the level that he's at, he has to be where he is. But he's not a raw, raw guy. Adams is in there making tackles, filling gaps. I mean, he. I'm, I said it earlier on, and I really didn't know until I watched him more. He literally is a, an Ebola Conte level player for this U.S. team. He fills all the gaps. He stops yeah. all the problems. I mean, there were times where England was going down the wing, and Tyler Adams is out there playing fullback because the fullback got lost somewhere. You're yeah. like, oh, they're on the break and he's fullback. Or they're on the break and he's stepped in front of the defense because Tim Ream got lost somewhere because he got there. He's incredible. He's, he's been a tremendous eraser for the U.S. team. Um, and he's, yeah, made and leads. I, I, he's made leads, what, 50 million pounds? Yes. What I would say is in U.S. men's national team terms, uh, going back in the past a little bit, in the earlier part of his career – very Michael Bradley-esque. Um, he's a significant step up from Bradley, even at Bradley's Much best, better than Bradley. who, who, who okay. fell off dramatically. But he has that that command the field. Yes. Uh, the, the Englishness that we call it, ironically, right? It's so, there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he has that trait, and he's been unbelievable. McKinney has, and, and McKinney has too, had a sliding scale. He's been good. Um, but but Adams he's, really he's still, has been the engine. I think McKinney is still recovering. Like he can't sure. play full matches, so they're mm-hmm. doing that McKinney Aronson thing. But I thought the team was good. Team yeah. was good. You yeah. know, USA has nothing to complain about aside from you know maybe maybe Burr is making mistakes. Maybe he's not making changes early enough. Maybe he's too passive, respecting England too much. But you want to talk about respect? I mean, on the England side, this is a catastrophe. Again, like they have players of a top Premier League quality and have a coach from a team, a championship level coach who's not getting promoted. I'm saying he's middle of the pack championship level. I mean, they basically have Steve Bruce as their manager. You know, it's like, you know, having, having, you know, Fred Flintstone drive a Ferrari. It's like, who, Southgate is bad. Like, what are you doing? Take the handbrake off. This is the U.S. We're not that good. No one can score. Like, go get us. We're there for the taking. You know, it was interesting because um, we were giving them all the space in behind the fullbacks pretty much the entire first half. They only took it two or three times. It was there every single time England got the ball past midfield. Why is Harry Kane defending deep all the time? Well, it's because it's because what he does. <laughs> like he he's he's everywhere. He's your best player all over the field. But, um, but he's but but he's there. That means he's not like. Don't be so afraid. Fair. I don't, I don't understand. He it. actually, yeah, it. on set pieces, he likes to get tracked back and make sure that he's 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 actually a good defender for what it's. No, worth. I understand, but but you're not gonna score goals from there. Right, but if you have to go across moment, the field. 
but in that moment, it, in a three tournament, in a three game tournament, your first, realistically speaking, your plus four on goal difference, a, a draw is on paper on in the back pages. It's a bad result for England. It's not. It's not because they have four points. The U.S. has two, um, and and Iran is on three. So I'm not, I'm not really good with the with the brackets or where they go. All I just keep thinking about is. If England play Spain, they're going to get blown the door. No, they're not. They're not. We did. We did this. It's it's one A and two B and one B and two A, and then it goes back basically. You know. Oh, I, I don't remember. I don't know yeah. who they have to get. Who who do they? Who's their potential next opponent then? Uh, in the Netherlands or Senegal, basically, I believe. They could beat the Netherlands. The Senegalese will are too unpredictable. <laughs> well, Netherlands and Ecuador currently are both on four points right now. So They'll lose to Ecuador. Ecuador will and beat those, them. No, they won't. Uh, and so those, oh, yes, those, are, those are your two to three uh, targets, depending obviously on where you finish and where they finish. But yeah, I mean, you know, you go into the final day and England is taking on a, a, a despondent a Wales team after Wales team. taking just taking taking a not in the face game from Iran, um, who, who shocked everyone with all three points. Although, you know, once you saw that when Wayne Hennessy took the red, you're like, yeah, there might be enough time for this to happen, and lo and behold, especially the way we're getting these time, these time, yeah, time added on thing. They gave and that's up what happened. It was the ninety eighth minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let us go from where we left off. I'll run through the scores yeah. and sort of give a quick commentary because we can't cover all the games because they're just too many. The Socceroos defeat Tunisia in Group D on Saturday. Poland defeats Saudi Arabia. Our man Lewandowski gets his goal. It was given to him. Uh, Saudi yes. Arabia, really great fans. They've actually been one of the better teams in this group. France defeat Denmark. France 7? Easy go. This is an Mbappe game. Great stuff from him. Oh, then yeah. Argentina, who looked dead and buried for the draw. Mexico disappoint. Messi comes through. Then another good goal. This is a narrative builder for Argentina. They get off the schneid. They're in good shape. Then another shock on yesterday in Group E. Costa Rica defeat Japan. Japan, you had Germany. You had the Germany win, and then you lose to Costa Rica, who didn't put a shot off against Spain. Morocco, oh, God, defeat Belgium. Belgium in complete disarray. Vertonghen fighting with KDB. KDB saying the defense is too old and we were good in 2018. And then Vertonghen shooting back saying, well, where was the offense in this one? Anyway, that team's in turmoil. Croatia say, fuck us, fuck you, and defeat Canada 4-1 <laughs> after Canada take the lead 1-0. My beloved Canada go out. They looked good. They just are not ready. They took it in the face and didn't recover. And then the, the game of the tournament, if you're talking about class, players, attack, and narrative, Spain won, Germany won, uh, I can't even, Falkenkrug, Fulkrug, classic name, classic striker, a guy who has more appearances in Bundesliga 2 than the Bundesliga, only in the World Cup because of uh, of injury, comes up big off the bench, takes it off Musiala's foot, fires Germany home. Great game, fun game. Today's game was all about scores. Cameroon 3, Serbia 3, Dan Sormez and all the Serbians that I know uh, do feel pain because Serbia was up 3-1 in this game. Maxim Chupamoatang with the leveler. Just like to say Eric Maxim Chupamoatang because it's the greatest name in all of sports. Uh, and then we've got 3-2 uh, Ghana over South Korea. This game was really crazy. I mean, you had you had uh, South Korea score two goals within, I think, four minutes. By the time I went went and took the dog and brought him back in, it was 2-0 Ghana. I came back, it was 3-2 
Ghana, which was pretty wild. Uh, and uh, then, and then South Korea laid siege to Ghana's goal. And I want to say, yeah. and I mean, the last 15, 20 minutes of this game is they just couldn't find that creative spark. Ghana hood stood strong, but there were some chances. It was breathless stuff. And I believe South Korea are probably in trouble. Sonny crying, and then someone takes a selfie with him, which is pretty fucked up. Brazil <laughs> get past uh, Switzerland on a killer goal by Casemiro. And then we all watched and chatted up. Portugal, Uruguay, we all had our eye on this one. It felt e- evenly matched. Um, Ronaldo's hair might have gotten a goal, but it's given to Fernandez. And then on the worst penalty call of just VAR death hole, I don't remember who it was, but the ball basically in the box, player falling down, hand behind his back, touches the ball. They go to VAR and call it a penalty. It's just brutal. I don't know what the guy was supposed to do. I believe Dima said uh, he's supposed to land on his ass and take it in the cock. Accurate. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) So, So that's where we are. We're literally halfway through the World Cup. Uh, only two teams have been eliminated, my beloved Canada and Qatar. Uh, some teams are going to need a lot of help, some less than others. And then we go into tomorrow. Big games, not just – and then they start to be played um, simultaneously because the last yes. games in the group so that we don't have – the reason that exists is there was a famous game, I believe, I want to go 1982, where there was some real shenanigans of teams playing for draws to help each other out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's this. That's the World Cup where they change well, and, this. And and you know all. Of, I mean, it's like Championship Sunday in the Premier yeah. League. Like all the games are played simultaneously. Um, but, but yeah, not, I, no, I, no, just within the group, not all the games. That no, I understand. Awesome. But, but so yes, all of the games in a particular competition, right, realistically, right, right. is what you can say every one of these groups is. Yeah. So you're going to have two time slots instead of four going forward, yeah, which is nice. Um, that's fine. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got a lot of groups that are going to be decided. Um, and we talked about it earlier um, a few shows ago where, you know, speaking to the U.S., having uh, having Iran last, they're likely going to have to win that game to survive. And here we are. Um, and, and and Netherlands playing Qatar has a huge advantage. You just mentioned that they're eliminated. The yeah, Netherlands right. is on four points with two goal difference. Yeah, Ecuador right. and Senegal have to play each other. That's a playing game. So, yeah. uh, you know. The, Ecuador uh, has been fantastic and probably should have beat the Netherlands. They're playing with energy. They're playing with my friends from Brighton, Estupan and Casiero, really driving that team forward. They know who they are. They know how to play. Uh, I'm really excited. I think Ecuador-Senegal is probably an underrated good game. Senegal, remember, CAF champions. If they go out, this is a real loss. This is yeah. a bad, bad result. I don't think either of us had Ecuador really being the leader in the group, but they've they've shown me in this tournament that they are the real deal. And I should have known two Graham Potter coached players would, of course, be blowing up. <laughs> well, let's slow, slow down a little bit because, then, like I said, Netherlands has Qatar, and they're going to get into a situation where they're going to be able to probably put up two, three, maybe even more goals. Whereas Ecuador and Senegal are probably going to be in a knife fight. Ecuador, for, for what it's worth does not have to win that game. They just have to draw and they survive. Now, if they win and and they get a favorable result on goal difference, they could top the group, which would be a, a coup for them. But at the same time, their their focus primarily is to advance. So they are going to be, I, I would suggest, 
um, and I don't know this, but a lot of teams are going to be in a situation where they're reading the group, not the game, right? Yeah, and, and Ecuador, it, to be fair, are a really good defensive team. Uh, it, they don't give up goals. They don't mm-hmm. score many, but mm-hmm. they will shut this game down. Yeah, and so think of it kind of like the second leg of Champions League knockout stages, where mm-hmm. you know your They're club is up one nothing on yeah. aggregate, yeah. and you know all you have to do is not lose, mm-hmm. right, or not lose by two. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that in play here. Uh, you'll see it pretty much in every group, I think, going mm. going looking at this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, uh, France is through, but whoever finishes in second, that's going to be an interesting one. We'll get to that I mean, in a bit. But yeah. Denmark, they, they have to beat Australia. I, mean, I know, but, but right. And, and so that's what it comes down to is who has the easiest game left. And a lot of times that is the advantage. And, and, and so, you know, the interesting thing going to group B is that there is no easy game because Wales, for all intents and purposes, are pretty much done. Uh, having to play England um, and Iran and, and the U S if there is a winner in that game, then they're that, going through. Right. If right. Iran ties, then they'll, they'll need help from England. Um, yeah. But if, and if the U S wins, uh, then they are. What happened? What happens through. in a U.S. draw? We're through or we're out? Nope. We're done. We're done. We need to go in and beat Iran, which by the way, and I'll say this right now. Uh, and I don't think it's a particularly hot take. If you cannot beat Iran in the last state, when you need a win, not just like to start the World Cup, you go into this game going, we need all three points. You do not get to go to the World Cup. Yeah, You do not get to go to the round of 16, I should say. The issue with the U.S. right now and with a lot of teams, I think, is clear. We can go in in more detail on this game, and then we'll talk about Wales and stuff. The issue with the U.S., and I think that no, no one would argue this, is we don't have reliable goal scoring. No. I think that buildup is strong. The spirit is strong. I think the Reem Zimmerman defense has been really good. Mm-hmm. I think Jedi has been good. I think uh, Turner has been fantastic. Like we have good, solid foundations of a good team. squad. Yeah, yeah. I think it's missing what we what the U.S. has been missing for a long time. I mean, we pretended Josie Altador was a scorer since, since not since Brian McBride. No, um, have we had a, a reli- I mean, I guess Deuce. Deuce was a reliable goal scorer, but he was more of a second striker versus an actual striker. The argument has been, oh, does anyone need a striker anymore? The answer is yes. Look at Germany. They got their striker. All of a sudden, their team transformed. It was like, oh, we have a winger in Sané and a striker? Oh, we're just going to – he's going to be there. It's I think the thing to look for if you're an amateur or you're someone who doesn't listen to watch the World Cup or watch soccer all the time, some of these positions that we talk about, a number nine or a striker – it's more a it's more an activity, a role of what you do, not where you're playing. When we talk about a striker, we're talking about a guy who tries to stay within the width of the 18-yard box. When you're on defense, he's not defending. He's up in the middle of the pitch. You can kick it to him. He can hold on to it. He gives you, what does he need to hold up the ball for? Three seconds, two seconds, tops. And that if you're lucky, a lot of and pressure. Then, and then able to make that pass out to the wide players who are usually free and then take off into the box. From That's all he needs to do. The scoring is a bonus, is a bonus, frankly. And when you watch Harry Kane, yeah. you know, we talk about him. The thing that makes Harry Kane so special is that he can take that ball off his chest turn and then make attacking passes. Well, and attacking he knows, players. he knows where Sterling or at in the club level where Sonny or Kulisevsky, he knows right. where they're going to be. Right? right. And so he basically don't think of it like he's, you know, Tom Brady out here dropping dimes in somebody's lap. He goes, Sonny's going that way. And he basically just leads him. 
Right. Uh, right. And, and go he, get, go, he lets go, this guy go, go, go get it. Go get that thing. It's more yeah. like throwing a ball for a dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Although exactly. I shouldn't say that with Sonny. That is anyway. There's a song. Ah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've absolved you of that. Um, so, but the thing is, is that so again, like I said in Group A, Iran only needs a draw to get a, to get through, and this plays into their hand quite nicely from what because we've seen they have, from them. They have Queros, who's a shit housing, fucking. So so yes, there's coach. that. But I think that their their style is just so conducive to hitting teams on the break. And because they're, they're good at that, right? We saw them hit England. We saw them hit Wales. So they're, uh, well, they're, Wales, they're listen, this is not by no means an easy game. No, no. You let me, yeah, me amend. You absolutely need to be able to beat Iran to advance to the round of 16 or you don't belong there. But it right. doesn't mean it's a pushover. No, right. No. And I, and I, I, again, I, like I said, like we were talking about with the England game, the nil nil, I just think the performances matter. I think the U.S. Uh, to me, and I, I know maybe people think differently. I think the U.S. needs a good performance. If they lose a game, it's disappointing. But I think that if they play well and, you know, they lose on a penalty or they lose nil, you know, 1-1 one, one or 1-0, or I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, or they draw because they can't score. It's a, it's a non-score draw because they don't have a finisher, but they just laid siege to Iran's goal the whole time and and Adams just broke up a bunch of breaks. I think that this is, a, again, another one of performance. This is a team on the rise. We're playing for 26. We're the second youngest team. I think Ghana are the youngest team in this World Cup. So I don't think we should feel there's a, you know, it's the hope that gets you. I think that this is a gravy game. If Barholter gets to the round of 16, that's an accomplishment. Now, I don't agree. I think that the I think you often in the in the coaching profession become a victim of your own success. And you just explained why they have to beat Iran. Um, you can't get a result from England and now and and get and knocked then out. Yeah, this. Yeah, I hear you. Right. So yeah, the narrative will suck. Like you can you can draw England and then you lose to Iran. What's right, wrong you, with you? You dropped it, right? You know, yeah. you bottled it. Um yeah, I, I think that uh there's a lot on the line here. I think that it's got a lot of 2010 Algeria vibes. Hope, mm-hmm. Hoping to God we don't hit the post four fucking times like we did in that game. Um, yeah, that Algeria team was good because it was all French. Yeah, yeah. We would be remiss if we did not mention some of the controversies going on. There are two right now with the U.S. team. One is geopolitical outside of the pitch. One is on the pitch. The outside the pitch was apparently a social media person for the U.S. removed the crest of the Iranian flag in a post which became oh. a thing uh, that became a political as a means of supporting the political, uh, I guess at this point it's a borderline rebellion going on in their country uh, over the death of, of, of a young Kurdish that. woman and, and, and the hairdress stuff. And just the, the, the ex- they're exacerbated with the, with their theocratic country. I'm not talking about that. I don't know anything about it. It doesn't sound good. People are going to jail. But a lot. some twit on on Twitter was like, "Oh, I'm going to wade into the water." Yeah, here, I'm going to decide. Which is always to, a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to decide to to do that. And then the other one, <laughs> and I don't know how real this is, but it, it involved Eric Winalda, who's always been controversial, oh, may have always banging his teammates' wives of something like that. And Burhalter, they were probably teammates on the U.S. men's national team back in the day. I don't know that, but I'm guessing. Yeah, um, they, maybe they're they different generations. And um, Gio Reyna. Remember in game one, we heard from Burhalter that Gio Reyna wasn't ready and was injured. Then Gio Reyna said, no, I'm 100%. I can play. Then there was another one where I think this is where Wijnaldum stepped in and said, 
he was told to lie and didn't, or that Burhalter lied. Something of that effect. It doesn't seem like it's playing up, but it is something to monitor. I, I get the sense that Gio Reyna is probably just just at seven, an 18-year-old and just fucked up. Maybe the coach well, said something to him and he didn't listen, or the other way around. They didn't communicate with each other, and it just got a bad bad signals, and now it becomes a thing for 15 minutes. I don't think it ruins anyone's career. I think it's – I think it's no, not at all, but I think it's from the source too. If you had some – you know, writer from the athletic breaking this story, then it's got legs and people are going to pay attention to it. There is an, there's an appetite to ignore Eric Winalda at all costs. <laughs> yeah. He's so uh, yeah, he's an asshole. So, um, you know, th- he's like soccer, Alex Jones. It's like, Oh, what did he say now? Like, Oh, fucking <laughs> Christ enough with that. Get, get him off Twitter. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, where, so, where, what are you feeling of the result? What are your feeling of the result? And then I have, a, I have I feel, a large I feel a good goal. I feel like a goal early, which it, it, Iran's got a, a great plan until they get punched in the face. I got a penalty early. Oh. Uh, I think Pulisic nails it. And okay. and then Iran, you have to come out of your shell now because now you're, up, you're behind. You need that tying goal. Uh, and I think – this is where I'm going to start to lose some hair because, um, you know, we saw it against Wales. Um, you can come out, you can be dominant. And then if you slink back, uh, I'm choosing optimism. I think we're going to get a second goal shortly after halftime. Then sit back. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. Iran's I, I, not going to beat you for two if you're sitting yeah. back. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I I think a, a U.S. win. I mean, we, we're, we're not – jingoistic i'm not a lunatic i just think i am the, the performances the performances for the u.s have been there and i just think that eventually the the bounces will go your way and you'll get a goal because <laughs> they've been playing well the way on the wing with dest side of things has been pretty good and then the other pieces these goalkeepers in these games are terrible uh and the refereeing is so weird that it's got to bounce our direction eventually uh, that's just my thing. Then let's do, let's quickly do Wales. I have a take on Wales. Right. Uh, I mean, England, this is a bigger game for Wales and England. This is like blood rivalry. This is little brother, big brother, noogies, wedgies. You know, this is just, this is a big game for England. I don't think for anyone else it is. Um, but I think one thing to, to say about Wales, Wales have been awful in this tournament like it the the 2016 wales that made it to the semifinals with all the welsh people behind them is gone i think bale and and ramsey have been awful and actually hurt their team and they're just they're broken i don't think they have any spirit left it's weird i kept on playing that weird welsh song and my my optimism for them was based on on intangibles but if if bale is going to be a no show and Ramsey is going to be a no-show. Teams can't work hard enough to carry two guys, and that's where well, they I don't are. even know. I, I I'm going to sound pro Spurs and anti Arsenal here, but I don't know that Bale has been effectively taken out of the game by an overwhelming of the midfield, right? Yeah. And so I, I never understood having Bale be on the wing uh, for the national side when you yeah. put him when you put him there for Real Madrid. That, yeah, great because you have ten other weapons on the field, but yeah. Um, not having him in the 10 role, which I feel strongly about Pulisic very similarly. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think you can you can push him away from the game just by having the fucking ball on the other side of the field. 
right? Yeah. So uh, it's easy to kind of not even mark him out of the game. You almost don't even have to pay attention to him if you're that dominant midfield. And that's kind of what we've seen, you know, Wales succumb to. So uh, I'm sad for Gareth. Um, I wish I was a little more sad that he didn't get the the goal against us, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not really all that concerned. I, I will think say I, it yeah. is interesting. Now I said two nil, but if we have three nil and I don't know what this level of tiebreaker is, if us wins three nil and Wales and England draw or no, and, and if Wales win, excuse me, one nil on a blood feud game, <laughs> You've got England and USA tied on goal difference in points and, no, and if results. The US, if US win, yeah, they're on five. Yes, the US would have to really kick a lot of ass. I think if it's goals against, then it would be the US if they win 3-0. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see know. that happening. I think the bigger scare for England is is if they draw and Iran win, then they finish second in the group, which would yeah. be bad. Yep. Uh, could, because everything changes. You get a much different matchup. You get into a lot of trouble. So England will have their eye on that game. And they'll probably start – they'll probably play like they're through and play a, a change team. That would be my guess. Hopefully. I would think so too. I don't, but, but again – That's not a bad South, thing though. Southgate is a terrible coach and he'll probably play his same three guys up I wouldn't think so. But, but I don't I, – I know that you agree with me that, oh, no. Okay, fine. We have to play Phil Foden. You know, like we yeah, have to play I Jack know, Realish. Def- we have to play Marcus Rashford. Oh, I know, I know exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. really not. Yeah, so 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 I'm 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 curious about that game because it's such a Premier League sort of heavy game. It's kind of where we are with our stuff. And then, um, yes, I just want to kind of jump around. Probably have to talk about Argentina. And their matchup, they still have to win. They've got probably one of the most you know compelling groups left. Yeah. Um, aside from Spain and Germany being on opposite ends right Actually, now. Actually, let me yeah. let me sidetrack. We should probably, you know, this is an American-based podcast. Half our group is 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 LA-based Mexican dudes. Mexico are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, so defensive. I think yeah. I think you know they 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 played well against Argentina and really put a lot of effort in. But I mean, I think they're. I'm sure their newspapers are probably like, "¿Y dónde Chicharito?" Right? They're probably looking for Chicharito right now. Sure. They can't score. They mm-hmm. just did. Not only that, they're not even trying to score. Yeah. Uh, and it's just been, you know, not great from Mexico. It'll be them not making it out of the group will be the first time in a long time. And I think that they they they're still in that space where they want to play past that fifth game, and they they've never even made it to the fifth game. Mm-hmm. Right? They're kind of. And the Saudi Arabia team's not bad. They could easily beat Mexico, right? They already yep. have a win. They beat Argentina. So right now, I mean, Mexico's looking like they're on the outside looking in. A win, they have to win. That would put them on four. And then Poland, if they did... A, yeah, Argentina is a must win. Especially What has to they, happen is Mexico has to beat Saudi Arabia by more than one, most likely. And then Argentina's got to just beat the shit out of Poland, which is very possible, right? Like we could see them get loose. We thought we were going to see it against Saudi Arabia, right? They had a couple of goals come back from offside. So Argentina can put one on somebody. Poland looks awfully, awfully pedestrian, despite the fact that they're up in the group after two matches. Um, just don't foul Lewandowski in the fucking box and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, um, the, the, I, w- I do want to stop on Poland. I mean, Chesney made nine saves and a double save on a penalty. So, like, they won that game 
by luck. Like they were getting their yes. asses mm-hmm. kicked. They they've <laughs> been they have been one of the two teams I'm very uh, down on after the two games so far. Despite yeah, yeah, the just they have four points. Hyper defensive. Um, yeah, I mean they have the four, but they were bad. But yeah, uh, so what will end up happening here is it, for Mexico, you've got to win by multiple goals, which will give you four points. And then uh, if Argentina, like I said, if you win by two, that brings you back to even on goal difference. If Argentina win by three, bang, you're through. Uh, And they could. I think Argentina is growing into this a little. I think what you saw in the second half against Mexico was they stopped with the Messi on the wing thing. I know he wants to be on that left side. He wants to wander out there. Yeah. But when he's in the, once he was in the middle and sort of wandering and finding space completely changed the way that the attack, like they didn't, they didn't like all of a sudden take off and the whole thing worked. But he was freer, and when he turned, he was in a dangerous place already, rather than having to get to a dangerous place. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I mean, they have Messi. They always have a chance. They're still working hard. They're still playing well. They have young players to still come on and do things. The goal from the kid, uh, Fernandez, I'm not remembering. sure if I got his name, but uh, was really good. And, you know, we, we move on, and then I think we should probably go into this, go into the, the moratorium from my friends from Canada who um, I blew it. I really believed in them. <laughs> oh, no, no. They let you down. They let me down. Uh, they really had Belgian on the ropes. That was their game to win. Had They, they felt Man. good after it. They had it. It was all there for them. And, you know, they, um, uh, Alfonso Davies misses the penalty. There's a follow-up. And then they kind of never really get another shot. But Belgian did show that weakness was real. And they they lost to Morocco, uh, and then imploded. They started attacking each other. Uh, KDB said, "Oh, we peaked in 2018. That was our shot. We got no shot." How do you say that before a game? What are you doing, dude? Well, I mean, I know. Can these- you imagine if uh, <laughs> if we if if Canada, who I think we're all in agreement, uh, we're rightful winners against Belgium. If you had uh, that statement after two Belgium losses, their toast. Canada is on three with a shitty goal difference with a chance to take out Morocco and take their spot, right? Know, like, the, know. you know, we, we, I keep saying there's only three games. There's so many variable outcomes. It's always seriously fine margins, right? Because if you could have gotten a goal off of Belgium, we probably could have gotten a couple more. I know. Um, Crazy. And uh, you don't have that bad of a goal difference. You've got three points and and you're taking on Morocco with it with your fate in your own hands which is unfortunate right, for the Canadians. I, one I thing think, on them, one thing yeah. on them um real quick uh you know their 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 head their manager has been unbelievable. Um I think he's gone. I don't think he's going to stick around unless he very much oh, wants can, to. Oh, Canada's coach. Yes. Herden. Or, yes, yeah. unless you unless he wants to, he's not going to be there for much of the next World Cup cycle, <laughs> which is really fucking bad news for Canada. So I think he does. I think he does, though. I think he, so. Think I've heard. An, I heard an interview with him. He's a guy from Sunderland, an English immigrant. Uh, he's t- he had the women's team. He's the first coach ever to coach women and men, women yeah. and men in the World yeah. Cup. He's won medals with the female team, Sinclair, uh, and that amazing Canadian team that won the medals in the in the Olympics. So very famous Canadian team. And then he took over for the whole thing. So he runs football Canada. Okay. So he right. Made, so he yeah. has that whole like that top down vision of like, oh, I know what's happening with the U14s. I know where the U16s are. I see the pipeline. Right. So he had the whole vision of it. So yeah. I think he's going to stick through it. 
he's already mentioned 26, 26, 26. He's all about 26. So I don't think he goes. Yeah, they're hosting stays. too. Yeah, okay, I, I think he fair. stays because I think for for Canada and and, uh, and I'll check in with Super Dan Sormaz, my Canadian friend. I think for Canada, representative sports are everything. I mean, you know this from following hockey, it Canada sure is. and the Olympics. They really get behind their team. They're they're one of these good fans. They have that 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 Sweden. Uh, I don't that, know. That they I got good fans. That. They got good fans. I, I think they push. don't care much for them. <laughs> well, but I that's because I'm a hockey le- fan, right? Like leave leave that part out. But representative sports matter. What I'm saying is, yes. is Herdman isn't going to leave. They it's show a, up. It's a prestigious job to be yeah. the head of Canada versus like. What's he going to get? A top level championship side? Yeah. At best. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, that's maybe exactly he'll get, he'll get the Sunderland job. <laughs> like, right. you know, that um, might be something he wants, you know? So I had but, a thought, but and I, went away, I love but, yeah. the Croatia thing. They just, what happened with Croatia and I watched it happen. They were a little on the back foot. They're a little on the back foot. They're kind of playing. Modric is there popping things around. And then somewhere in the middle of the game, Modric starts motioning to the players and he starts pressing the Canadian defense. And then the whole team just starts pressing. Fell apart. And then they just start pressing Canada. And Canada just couldn't handle it. They fell apart. But it was on the field. It was Modric on the field. Yeah. Literally beginning the press. He He's there on the ball. And Modric runs like 30, 30 yards to, to do the press. Like just sprints. And then they start to go. And it starts to happen all the time. And I think my, my buddy Dan told me. He was like, oh, we have a terrible defense. And once... Croatia figured that out. It was over. <laughs> and so and it, they did. And, and it's funny because they got their goal early. It was the biggest criticism in the Belgium game. Uh, Croatia is a different animal. Didn't matter. They're uh, Yeah, they are tough, man. They are tough. They're comfortable. And don't fuck with them, right? Like that's literally Herdman said, we're going to fuck Croatia after the Belgian game. And Framerich is like, don't don't tell me you're going to – we're not going to – I'm not getting fucked. We're fucking you. <laughs> I so, so we're in this middle part and we have a few more interesting games to go that – you know, we can talk about we talked about Senegal and there's some some second round group games and what happens with Serbia and Ghana and Uruguay. And we'll probably cover those more as the results come in on Friday. You know, that'll be the end of the group stage. We'll probably have a final thing. But I do halfway through the tournament. Who has been your player of the tournament? I think people like Enter Valencia come to mind for for um, for Ecuador. I think of. I think of Tyler Adams for the USA. I think he's been a big player. Uh, Richarlison, is he a player of the tournament for his two goals against Brazil? I mean, we're only a few games in. Is so there's it... one very clear and obvious answer, and it's yeah. going to be the obvious answer is Kylian Mbappe, right? Um, right, but, right. Um, but uh, I like you know some of the other deeper shouts. I love Danny Olmo for, uh, for Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Richarlison. He was high on my list as well. Um, yeah, I like Adams. Hmm. Hakim Ziyech, man. He's been yeah. really, really good for Morocco. I mean, we, we can probably give Bruno Fernandez a shout. He's got yep. two goals, two assists. Yep. Yep. So You're far from player right. of the tournament. I hate him, but he is a hell of a player. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably the list. I think it's, it's certainly Mbappe and Fernandez probably and everybody else. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably the, the not so short list. If you kind of came up with it, right. Maybe we're missing yeah. one or two players like a Modric. Um, but Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's been pretty good. Who is the team that has, or or player, or both? Uh, I have a I have a both um, uh, that has disappointed you the most. Now, even though I called it, I think Belgium, they're number two ranked in the world. They're terrible. They're falling apart. They're infighting, 
and KDB's been bad. And not only that, he vocally led shit. to half of the problems, saying his defense is too old. So as much as I did call it, I think that narrative-wise, this is the, the end of, of Belgium as we know it. Yeah. I think Martinez gets fired. Oh, I yeah, think please. Vertonghen and Aldevarald probably never play again. I think KDB might be persona non grata in, in the lowlands of, of Genk <laughs> after he, he does that. And I hope it doesn't care to City. You know, Manny will be happy, but, you know, I it would suck if he mopes around for the next three weeks. Uh, so that would be one. And then I think what happens in this Argentina game, in this Argentina game, if they lose, that they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, mine I mean, is, that is um, pressure. See, it's it is and it's not. I think uh, I think that they'll be okay. Um, I'll give you two: um, Kai Havertz and Germany. Um, however, with that said, and I did want to go into this game further, so this works. Um, they're going to qualify. They're going to beat Costa Rica. Costa Rica probably by a touchdown. Um, you know, it's actually interesting, right? Like they kind of got uh, they got the old one-two from Japan, but then Costa Rica saved Germany's ass. Sort of absolutely. Um, because right, because because effectively, then you would have Japan on six points. Could you imagine that? Um, <laughs> after oh, two games, oh, the the old axis getting, getting and the, yeah, and you'd here. be fighting, you'd be fighting <laughs> against Spain, who has a goal difference of seven. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so you'd be toast. So that you know, they're going to thank Costa Rica by thumping the living fuck out of them. Uh, I believe to, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, uh. Thursday, they play Thursday, uh, and they're in the late spot. That's going to get ugly. So uh, they have been disappointing so far. I am actually not concerned about Germany at all. If you have the opportunity to bet on Germany to qualify, do it, please. Uh, thank me later. <laughs> and then um, the one that really has upset me, they played today, uh, Darwin Nunez and Uruguay. Oh, um, Nunez, uh, you know, of Liverpool fame, ha- shoots first, ask questions later kind of guy. And uh, he has really, really been kind of a ghost. Uh, and as Uruguay today really let me down, um, you know, I, I, they're the team that I want to plug, you know, pull for and all that stuff. You mentioned, we were talking about it all during the, the episode, excuse me, during the game. Um, the episode, uh, in, in, it's actually the episode. more of the episode, the episode this, this yeah. episode of the world cup, right. uh, Portuguese Uruguay. <laughs> this week on in the World Cup. Uh, but yeah, they just played so passive in the first half against Portugal. They, they became this self-fulfilling prophecy and annoyingly, as soon as Portugal went up, here comes the press for Uruguay. Bentancur was all over the place. There was actually they were so good. They were so good. But I have I to give saw, Portugal's coach a, a credit. The triple change taking off the whole uh-huh. the, the whole taking out you know Ronaldo and and a couple other guys and changing it up because and Leal. Portugal has that. Said about Rafael Leal. And Leal. Yeah, um, and it completely uh, and, and it stemmed the tide, sort of changed the game. And I've never sort of seen Benton Cure do this. He is our rock at Tottenham. Um, so he missed good. that chance. Fine, like that, whatever that happens. But he did a, kind of like a lung busting run on the touchline and the near side, uh, and he had nobody to help him. And he sort of like he was. You could see he was knackered for the rest of the match. After that, he was really <laughs> one run struggling. took him out. <laughs> well, no, I mean he was playing and going everywhere, but like. He ran like 50 yards and he's like, holy shit, I shouldn't have done that. And he was just kind of wobbly the rest of the match. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, sort of interesting there. But yeah, that's certainly um, my team that I was had very high hopes for who have disappointed me. And yet they, you know, they sit uh, with a chance, yeah, a chance to beat Ghana and go through. So, um, you know, all hope but is if, still there. But if, if, if Korea beat Portugal, 
It's all it, it goes on the goal difference then. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is a classic rematch: Uruguay Ghana of the round of 16, 2010. That's the, correct. The That's Suarez the, hand. the Luis Suarez hand of not God. Um, <laughs> the opposite of the hand of the devil. The opposite. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> which, by the way, get. which worked right yeah. like because he missed penalty. Awesome. That was awesome. That was such a great moment. Yeah, that um, was. A, by the way, that two thousand ten World Cup is underrated. It was really good. It was a really good one. It was a really yeah. good one. Um, so, but that that's red. I mean, you. I think you called it. I think you called it on the group of death. That has that group H has been tricky. Although Portugal got it done, you know, it still looks like a fight. There are some fun friends that need a lot of help that we want to see go through. I think Uruguay. And Serbia still need a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We know Belgium. Belgium may still get through <laughs> easily, honestly. Sure. Uh, in a weird way, even though they're shit, uh, they could be Croatia. Croatia is not perfect. And then, you know, I, I do want to give a shout out to, you know, my favorite team that surprised me the most. We mentioned them earlier. We There's probably a couple. But I think Ecuador has been a sort of effervescent team of the tournament kind of team that just very exciting fought brought themselves back, look like they have a way to play, which is always unusual, especially in this tournament's teams are just lost and kind of not really finding a way forward. So really happy with them. And then I think this has been an African tournament in terms of CAF. Saudi Arabia has been very good. Morocco has been very good. Yeah. Um, you know, Cameroon has a good Senegal's win. right there. Ghana's got a good win. So that whole Senegal, there's a bit of a narrative on the rise of Africa. I think that there is a that there is an ancillary piece of hey this is in Qatar Qatar's the Middle East but it, it's it's the Muslim countries Africa's got strong ties to Muslim countries I think this feels like home games for them I think that think their crowds kind of have been yeah I think that they're I think that there's a a good feeling of 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 lifting all boats of like this is our time this is our World Cup this is because they're the people who voted for Qatar to be in that World Cup. They Even are. Though there is, That's right. It, there is corruption. There is a bit of that. It is a little bit of a thumb in the eye to Europe, right? Like, we fucking count. We're putting this World Cup in Qatar. Go fuck yourself. Do you know what well, I mean? I think it was more about the enormous bags of no, cash but, that but, ended but up under but, all their seats. Part, but... of it is, but part of it is political, right? Because I, I think Sepp, it's – yeah. Ultimately, Sepp Blatter, if we go back and sort of relitigate, he did still want it in the U.S., and he was shocked that it was in Qatar because Qatar did the work in Africa to get half to be on board with them, right? Yeah, no, that's true. I'd still think it was much more about the cash and not the players playing in these games. <laughs> well, listen, well, it, it, it's me. Africa. I mean, it, it, there's, a, there's some corruption. Just, just a, a little tad, bit. Just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. Um, but yeah, what, I guess, what are we I – ha, I, have, I have one more superlative. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I forgot what it was. God damn it. Was there any team that was more excited that you've been excited by or pleased by or sort of like I've been feeling about Ecuador? Is there a team that yeah, you the United at States, like, the United States, really okay, that, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think you know you're we're we're already ruining the uh, the second half against Wales, but you know that like you said that that's a result against England. Uh, it it wasn't quite USA wins one one back in 2010, um, but I, for my money, it was a better team performance than that game. Uh, against yes. a much much better England team than that yes. game, uh, we're only we in those that. games because Southgate is terrible. And let me tell you, he's terrible. There, anecdotally, other countries are pundits. The, the Netherlands, Belgium, Germany are literally going. That team is good. They have a shit coach. Okay, I think that <laughs> is half true. I think the other half truth here is that the U.S. team defends well 
and finds ways to to be pesky and get into dangerous areas. I think Waya is 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 creating a problem for uh for their fullbacks. Guys, guys have made themselves some money. I mean, I think yes. I'm not even being funny. Like Tyler Adams is just going to be one of those guys. So I think it's important to sort of get out of the U.S. Oh, bubble. that's the that's who who do you if it's Tyler Adams then fine. But like who is who is the most expensive player? Who's, who's gotten himself value? some money? Yes. Or Tyler Adams is, is is definitely the I just earned a, my team a lot of money player. I mean, I can't think of anyone else. McKinney, maybe he can get himself out of Juve, but I think he's still he's already injured. a 40, 40 million dollar guy. Falklug, Falklug, from from Werder Bremen, going from uh, uh, just scoring a goal for Germany. All of a sudden, he's a a number nine. I'm sure. I'm sure Bayern Munich could be like, "Well, we have to buy him now." We only have Chupamone tang up front. Might as well buy this. Other yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they can probably I've get got, it for nothing. I've got two. Uh, let me the just Spanish get to the second one. Are, I mean, they're already stars. Yes, yes. Okay. Gavi. So Cody, Cody Gapko. Yes. Uh, from from Netherlands. Uh, and yeah, I mean, take your pick on Spain, right? I said Olmo already, but I mean, he was a guy. I think in the Euros, maybe he was, they were already good. They, but he was a radar guy. Like, like I remember Spurs being sort of linked to him the same way that they were linked to Brian Heal. Uh, and I like Brian Heal a lot, but I would have rather Danny Olmo. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, yeah, Gavi as well. I but um, but who's who's who scored the goal on the outside of the boot in the volley? Was it Gavi or Pedri? I think it was Pedri. I can't honestly remember, but dude, um, that goal is the one that I just like th- threw myself on the ground. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. But I mean, that was one of those like, "Yeah, they scored six, but seven goals." But goal of the tournament, uh, Richarlison, right? No, I think it's the the the, the volley up six, really? the seventh goal. It's incredible, like just the skill, the whole because people overhead kicks look really good, but they're kind of it really means that you had time to do all that. Yeah. Uh, but this Gavi thing, he comes flying in outside of the boot top bins. I really like it a lot. Yeah, harder, no, that's fair. probably harder to do, even though yes, the Latrialson one is and, cooler. And I will give um, some some love to Casemiro's goal today. The winner today, um, really really nice. Did and get then a, a, bit a of couple. I, and I and I and I apologize for some of these players' names, but the goals that Saudi Arabia scored versus um, Argentina. Uh, Argentina were outside the box, but they all start with Al, and I I don't feel like looking up and on the which, same plane which which Al they are on the same <laughs> plane. Iran's winner against Wales, very very nicely taken. Yeah, and then uh, it was from a chip the, from by Akubar, uh, I think in the in the game. There's been good goals. There have all been second halves, all of them late. Um, I'm glad that we're not like going into. We didn't go deep into that handball. Anyway, handball's a mess. VAR sucks. I want it to die along with my soul let's see what else can we do um we'll check in we'll check in uh, after on friday and then we'll know what the uh, next rounds are mm -hmm. and then we will have pretty much a good pathway for the whole final because there's no reseeding after that right so no um yeah we are at the halfway point friends which means two things it's gonna about to get really really crazy and really really weird and we're halfway back to the premier league season um yeah that's it, man. Let's get out All of here. Right. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network, and we are friends of 
Fan Hub in the UK, which I don't know what they're doing during the World Cup. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple or wherever you do, please rate and review the show so that you can help us. Thank you. Go, go, USA. 2-0.